0: I'm Guy Addington and my full-time role with the RNLI is as regional water safety lead in the southeast. So I cover a, an area of the country which stretches from Southend-on-Sea around to Swanage and includes London. So that's our southeast region. I'm also a volunteer lifeboats crew at Margate and I live with my family, my wife and two children, at home in Margate. My interest in the RNLI and all things lifeboating stems from the fact that both my dad and my granddad were lifeboat crew before me at Margate. And I sort of spent lots of spare time and grew up at the station and crewing a lifeboat was one of the things I wanted to do. And of course, I'm, I'm really proud that um, we've got a fairly extensive family history of lifeboating and life saving at the station in Margate. My staff role in water safety is as the water safety lead in the southeast. It's our smallest geographic region in the RNLI, but it's also one of our busiest. So my job across that region is to lead our water safety and education programme, try to make a dent in the number of lives that are still lost. I, I know we have amazing rescue service through our lifeboats and our lifeguards, and the statistics for life saved are incredible. You know, they're, they're something just to be stunningly proud of but the fact remains that we still lose a number of people to drowning in the waters around our coast indeed in fact across all bodies of water so my job is really to try to encourage the wider population to stay safe when they visit the coast understand as much as they can about The coastal environment some of the risks and hazards and keep on board keep in mind some of the key safety messages that they need to take with them in order to stay safe Uh, we know that from analyzing statistics some 70 percent of fatal incidents are likely to have occurred or likely to have to have become fatal before the response was actually initiated so that person's likely to already have have died Um, And and that explains why we actually need a prevention program. Um, And sometimes you can put in place a message that achieves a behavior change that might still need a rescue response. It's just that that rescue response is picking up somebody that's alive rather than somebody that's not alive. So we're looking to make those behavioral changes. And for the wider population, because we also know that around half of Uh, in-water fatalities are due to sort of an unforeseen circumstance, they are unplanned or unprepared entries into the water, and that might might be as a result of following a dog into the water or trying to retrieve a mobile phone or a slipper trip, a fall, something like that. But they're unplanned or unprepared entries. Now, we know that there are some areas of water risk, and the risk is in many ways associated with nighttime economy and drinking and merrymaking. And we see people going into bodies of water that are really unsuitable for bathing, at times that are unsuitable for bathing and getting into difficulty. Now, the only people that are around those areas and could be in a position to intervene in a in a response type way immediately are people like bar staff, security staff, um, restaurateurs, people of that ilk. Um, and in many of the, the sites that we're looking at, an actual emergency services response is often some time away. So the the Waterside Responder Programme was conceived to give the people that exist around some of those locations and are, and are sober and in a good state to uh, to help out, give them some basic training to begin with why that particular piece of water is so undesirable to see somebody in i.e. it's cold, it could be dark, there's lots of water movement, it's a really dangerous place to be. So we want to give people the information to perhaps dissuade somebody from doing something inappropriate, getting into an inappropriate area of water. We work closely with a, a host of partners and there are a few particular individuals who are really keen to work alongside us to talk about water safety and often they're related to the fact that they have lost somebody very close to them to the water and our Waterside Responder Programme was dedicated to the memory of, um, of a man called James Edward Clark. Um, James is the son of a, a, a remarkable woman, Andrea Corrie, uh, who we approached and actually she was delighted to agree to help us with a number of water safety initiatives. Um, she lost her son to the water in Kingston on Thames, in the, uh, actually in the river, in the river Thames. And, um, and has campaigned tirelessly ever since to make improvements to the, the, the water's edge. But I think more importantly, is a sort of a staunch campaigner for um, improved water safety and has supported us a great deal in terms of some of our campaigns and messages. So yes, we were keen to um, dedicate the launch and formation of a programme to her son's memory. we have a good number of case studies related to the float to live campaign and we do also now have maybe 10 or a dozen lives saved incident reports related to the rollout of the waterside responder program. So yes in the last round of Queen's birthday honours I was um, recognised as a member of the British Empire MBE which is just I, I can't believe I still can't believe it. So it's just a, um, a, a stunning honour. Um, it was, The citation was for services to maritime safety. I, I, I like to think I've made a little bit of difference, but that's alongside uh, a large team of lots of other really worthy and capable people. As I say, I have so many uh, friends and colleagues that... Um, you know, I work alongside as part of a, a large team to try and achieve some of the results that we achieve. I, only this morning I introduced myself as probably better known for appearing naked on YouTube. I committed on the 1st of September, the year before last now, to take my daily shower outside with cold water from the hose every day for a whole year, no matter what the weather and no matter where I was. It coincided with a period where we were going into launching into talking about water safety messaging. I was keen that I did something that was a bit different to attach water safety messaging to. What happened was I was in the garden one evening washing with the hose my wife had a friend there for coffee and she said guy how long are you going to keep this up for and i bet her i could go for a whole year Uh, and and so the the challenge was born to shower outside with the hose every day for a whole year and it became logistically really challenging i travel around for work a lot so i found myself packing my hose connectors a length of hose the shower nozzle and then my kits for filming because i've i filmed it every day for youtube to basically to prove I'd done it and also to have some material to fundraise with. So I'd have my tripod and my camera um, and so I was able to capture everything. And then I'd have to check-in at reception in a number of hotels and and ask if they had an outside tap that I could hook up to uh, so that got me quite a few strange guys but, but actually lots of lots of support when I started to talk about what I was doing so I've, re- I've showered in a range of hotel car parks and gardens um, one particular day the hotel that I was staying at didn't have a, a really convenient outside tap And I'd run out of time a bit, so a colleague arranged for me to go to the fire station, which was just a short walk away, and they set up their massive fire monitor, um, and I used that. It was November, the water was freezing, the coldest I think I've experienced in terms of water, it was coming from deep underground, but the pressure from the monitor was... Brutal too. It, it it actually hurts hitting the skin. It's on video. You can see it on YouTube if you want to see me suffering. So yeah, have a look at me showering at York Fire Station. A brutal day. My entire existence is is related to the RNLi. I uh, volunteer when I'm at home. It's my day job. I met my wife uh, at the RNLi. Both my children are interested in lifeboats. It's been a huge part of my existence for as long as I can remember. I can't see me outside the RNLI, that's just very alien. Hi, it's Chris Beardshaw here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 200 Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.